is over. Amplify the culture with the mic. 106.5 WPPM FM. Go too far for the mic. On everything I love, all we love is this life. For the love, for the mic. Yeah. Gotta do it all through the wall for the mic. Head to the stars, go too far for the mic. On everything I love, all we love is this life. For the love, for the mic. For the love, for the mic. Yeah. You are now locked in to WPPM LP Philadelphia 106.5 FM. And this is The Mic. Hosted by Isaac Patterson the Sixth and Jalil Muhammad. Amplify the culture. Welcome to the Mike 106.5 WPPM FM. This is your host, The Six. And today we're going to have a great, great interview with a gentleman by the name of Ruben Wood, who is very major in the hip hop community and in radio and podcasting as well. Basically, you can see and hear all of his works uh, that he has going on in the community and all that just by searching up his page, Ruben Wood on Instagram at Ruben Wood. And I would just love for him to introduce himself and give a little bit of background in terms of what he does as well. So, Mr. Wood, floor is all yours, man. Just give us a little bit of backstory and start from the beginning for us. Okay. Well, first and foremost, man, I just gotta say thank you for having me um, on your show today, definitely. And shout out to everybody that he is actually, you know, tuning in. Um, my name is Wood. Um, I'm a music producer signed to Sony ATV as well as The Orchard. Um, I'm also a entrepreneur, owner of SOM Entertainment. We uh, do marketing, uh, entertainment marketing and lifestyle marketing as well. And I'm also the owner of Cannon Woods, which is a CBD and a holistic brand as well, too. So besides that, yes, I do. Uh, media and everything too. I have a nationally syndicated show called SOM Talk Live. If anyone has heard of it, if you haven't, you definitely will because we're coming to a lot of markets uh, this year. So okay, yeah, that's the run of, of what I actually do, as well as the, I'm, I'm gonna say this last thing. Um, I'm also officially a part of Quality Control Music for uh, QC DJs to just recently happened. So shout out to Quality Control. Definitely got to drop that in there too. Oh wow, that is that is very. 
very major, man. So you you got involved in, in, in quality control, beating one of their DJs, and, and what else do you do with them? Uh, basically, I just work on the marketing side, definitely doing the DJ aspect for their coalition of DJs, as well as working with QC Radio. Okay, okay. So that's so in terms of working with QC Radio and all that, because um there have been some some recent discussions about radio, um uh, um it's standing in the uh, cultural zeitgeist right now. So radio, this cultural zeitgeist, podcasting and streaming and all that, and whether or not radio is truly still a viable market. How do you feel about radio and what you do being still a viable market, but you using all aspects of it, right? So you're not only uh, in radio, but you're doing FM, you're doing internet, you're doing podcasting. You pretty much got it all uh, um, under your belt. How do you juggle all that? And what do you think about it still being the primary source? In the zeitgeist. I mean, pretty much, I feel like as far as the streaming aspect of it and just radio in general, of course, it's evolved from over the past couple of years. Um, and like you mentioned about podcasting and everything, one thing I say specifically about podcasting that's actually interesting to me myself is years ago when I got into doing media and everything in 2012, during that time, we didn't really talk about podcasting as much. You know, mm-hmm. podcasting wasn't even a real thing during that time. And so, and I remember myself actually doing what's now called podcasting back then. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I really had radio shows, like obviously The Breakfast Club. They were the ones who were the top, the top contenders and, and everything like that. They were dominating uh, Apple podcast charts for their episodes and things like that. So, push forward to today, it's kind of taken over because so many people have podcasts, you know. There's so many online radio stations. It's, it's kind of the door are wide open, but when it comes down to uh, originality, you know, you can't take that away. You can't take away the actual person who makes that station hot or that show who makes that station hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. You really replace what you do for 106.5, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, whether you yourself wind up leaving that station or going to a different station or whatever, no one can replace you. And I think that's a lot of times what people fail to realize because you have a lot of people who start podcasts or they try to do these online stations and stuff, but they don't look at it long because there are some online stations I know personally that have, you know, been around since 2012 and they've been licensed, uh, meaning, you know, for the people who don't know, they pay out the royalties to the the artists and stuff like that through the ASCAP and the BMI and they're still around to this day so it's really all about who do you have on that station who's behind it you know what I'm saying exactly exactly who's who's representing it and so forth and so on and really that's the same way the majors have have done what they've done iHeartRadio and so forth and so on because if they didn't have the Breakfast Club or if they didn't have Big Boy because they basically brought uh, Big Boy from Power 106 to 92.3 to beat in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Here's people were used to hearing Big Boy on Power 106 and he made that transition. He made that move. Not just because of the money but because he knew he had brought so much to Power 106 and they knew at iHeart, hey if we pick this person up, we're going to be able to pull in all of that to our station. So, I mean, I, I hope that answers your question but basically all I'm saying to sum it up is, is like we the, the media, the, the personalities are the ones who make or break these uh, networks, you know, because 
just we ourselves we can start doing our own thing yeah, overnight it takes off you know exactly because we'll go, go ahead. ahead no I was gonna say is we don't necessarily need the backing of a platform these days like mm-hmm. a radio station or FM station or online station anymore because we can do stuff on YouTube at this point we can do stuff and just distribute our own podcasts and radio shows out because it's content for people to listen to you know exactly exactly there are so many different avenues now for people to get their voices out there and and and, and to become somebody I either somebody that that talks about the the genre the culture and stuff like that being uh, uh, um, a mover and shaker in that regard or being one of the artists themselves so not only do you do um, the media you're the interviewer you're 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 the host but you're also a DJ so what kind of music do you DJ specifically or do you have you ever done parties before like what do you do as a DJ so now basically as far as a DJ I'm kind of in two different genre lanes because I do EDM Ooh, um, okay electronic you know trans music and stuff like that okay and then I also do you know the hip hop R&B and trap um so I can do the urban format and I love doing the EDM format <laughs> you know I've been, I've, been, I've been in a few of those parties man those things definitely do get live especially when, yeah right right they get a little bit more live than the uh than the, the, the hip hop and R&B ones tend to man honestly yes 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 and you don't have to worry about being shot at either <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> exactly man <laughs> listen man, go, go, my first like EDM concert that I went to was oh my god this was way before COVID hit but uh, like it had to be at least like five six years ago and it was truly a different um, experience because growing up and being in Philadelphia um, especially being the black community in Philadelphia you would never necessarily hear about EDM parties you never even really listen to EDM from from people from friends and family that, that, that you might be in especially growing up in West Philly in the hood or wherever um, and being and transplanted and experiencing that side of things in that world and the, the true vibe like when when artists in hip hop these days say that they're trying to do a vibe and their vibe is like I guess you could say like the quote unquote mumble rappers always say that we're just trying to create a vibe EDM is really where the vibe's at for real for real right but it, it like those those genres blend in to each other so well so do you ever just mix blend all the genres together when you're when you're doing those kinds of parties definitely and also because I produce you know, it's easy for me to create something that's a kind of mix between both. So that's where you get a nice blend of trap EDM or, you know, uh, that type of hip hop EDM. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, the drum pattern and the cadences of the beat itself or the production itself. Um, because most of the time, like with EDM, it doesn't have to have vocals to that. It can literally just be straight music. Same thing with like uh, the trance, dance, music and stuff. It doesn't have to have vocals to it. So like you were saying, it creates the vibe on its own. It definitely does. Exactly. Transcendence is what it turns into, man. Like one of my first uh, uh, memories in, in, in listening to EDM was I used to play this game on PlayStation 2 way back in the day, like early 2000s. It was called XGRA. Um, and it had a a a song in there by a by a band or a group called or I think it was a guy called BT. 
and the, the album or, or the song was called Dreaming. And that song was my favorite track on the entire like video game. And I'll always like kind of pause the game just to hear that song. And and and, and transcendence is what I always like like think about when I'm hearing that kind of stuff. So um has there have you ever listened to or, or spun any hip hop records that have created that sort of same feeling for you, or is it only in EDM that you feel that way? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I personally feel like it's mainly in EDM that I feel that way. This is just me personally because I've been pretty much up on that type of genre and style of music since I was like a little boy. Um, not to defer my love for hip hop or rap in general yeah. or R&B, but I've definitely always gravitated to more toward EDM just because of me liking music more so than you know the lyrics or the vocal mm-hmm. range and stuff. Okay. So because I actually love to hear that musical sound, and you don't have to have you know words or anything to the EDM music. I always like that because that's what put me in a motivational zone. Not saying that hip hop didn't. Not saying you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely EDM has always been my thing. Yeah, because that's that's one of the, the the crazy things that I always think about when it comes to how I enjoy music and stuff like that. Like I usually, um, oftentimes I've found that because I've listened to so much hip hop, especially having a hip hop radio show and having to go back in time and listen to hip hop from from Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five all the way up till now, and always having to hear the newest release of everybody, I tend to get tired of lyrics. I tend to get tired of uh, uh, just words in general. I kind of want to hear something that's just flat out music. So oftentimes when I when I leave the genre of hip hop to kind of cleanse myself and, 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 and experience other genres, I go to things that are pretty much just melodic or just musical in tone without any sort of lyrics at all. I don't go to R&B. I don't go to rock music with any sort of uh, uh lyricism in it I, I usually just go straight to instrumentation um so that definitely helps you out in your producing role uh, um how do you uh, uh, attack producing or, or the production of songs and stuff like that what are, what are your main go-tos as a producer um well since I don't really do too many samples when I produce and everything like that um I pretty much just be listening to most of the time what's hot on the radio nowadays um, but also I kind of gear a lot of the production toward who I'm trying to potentially pitch it to you know because if I'm trying to, to pitch it to somebody that sounds like the Migos you know that's pretty much what type of style of record I'm going to actually be making um, okay. but if I'm trying to pitch it to somebody who I know has that you know the the real bar game heavy or something like that. I know what type of record to make. So for me, it's all about who I'm trying to who I'm trying to actually gravitate this record toward. But at the same time, like if I'm just producing just to produce, you know, I feel like I want to get something out of my system. Most of the time, it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna start off with a lot of chord progression and stuff like that. Um, because I play around with a lot of different synths. And uh, just like a, a lot of different, how do, how do I say this so it comes out right? 
<laughs> that producers will understand. Yeah, absolutely. But, take, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> so besides the, the chord progression, I would say like messing around with my midis. So okay. like I want to create different loops and stuff. Um, that could start off like you know just messing around with the keyboard, and then that gradually turns into something else depending on what instrument I'm replacing that sound with. So. Mm-hmm. It really just depends, like what mood I'm in, because sometimes you know I can make something that I don't think it needs any type of words, anything, um, and it actually winds up getting sit there, you know, just kind of sits there. It might get used for something else, like uh, I don't know, for a film or something like that too. Because I also send you know records out to to be placed in different uh, TV shows and stuff like that too. Oh man, so do you just? Um, um, quick a question about that do you send out the records uh, um, on call or do you send it out uh, um, in hopes of building a relationship uh, uh, with TV producers like you were on NBC and stuff like that um, what's what's the what's the business process within that if you don't mind uh, uh, spitting some game or some knowledge on everybody about that well basically it depends previous previously it would basically be um me just kind of submitting it now since I've like signed a whole publishing deal and everything with uh, Sony ATV as well as the Orchard you know it's, it's different because they're submitting the stuff for me okay um, sometimes with certain situations there was relationship there there was something that was kind of already uh, spoke about understood different things like that so if if anybody's listening to this right now and they are a producer or aspiring producer or something like that, um, make sure you do build relationships with music oh, yeah. supervisors directly or somebody that you know who is like either on a reality TV show or about to be on one of them type of shows or something because... I mean, they might know somebody if they're on the show or about to be on the show that can kind of, you know, look out for you, especially if you really cool with them. Because a lot of reality TV shows, obviously, you know, they use different uh, music, different little sounds, and they may not last long throughout the show, but they do pay well. Okay. Um, and and in terms of your, your, your other ventures like SOM Talk Live, um, talk a little bit about how that became just from from how they went from being a uh, um, radio podcast um, to becoming a whole entertainment uh, um, platform. So basically with SOM Talk Live, um, SOM kind of started when I originally got into doing media back in 2012. Mm-hmm. It initially used to be called Spaced Out Magazine because I started a, a magazine company, a uh, magazine and media company. And the whole idea and concept for Spaced Out Magazine actually came from me and my older brother. Uh, we was actually we was hustlers you know so in uh, school <laughs> we was selling clothes and shoes and stuff like that and you know popular magazines East Bay uh, definitely back in the day when we were growing up so I, I was always telling him I was like man you know we need to start a, a publication or something and put the shoes that we selling in the publication 
So then, you know, I can distribute that at school or wherever, you know, college campuses, whatever where he was at. And then, you know, we can make our money. We make even more money. We do what we do. And uh, we never did that during that time. So push forward to 2012, I actually took the same idea, except it wasn't about, you know, sneakers and clothes and stuff. It was actually about music artists and entertainment news. So I started uh, SOM was initially an a actual entertainment publication. Um, mm-hmm. And even to this day, you can get previous issues of SOM Magazine, a couple of issues of Space Time Magazine, um, online, barnesandnobles.com, booksandmeeting.com, uh, all of the major bookstore retailers and stuff like that because they... Really? Yeah. Um, we don't do subscriptions anymore, but we still have old copies if they're in stock and everything. And they should be in stock because they can get printed because... Uh, it's distributed by Ingram and so forth and so on with that but yeah I mean that's pretty much how I got started and that's why I was saying like during that time initially podcasting wasn't even called podcasting but I was doing audio interviews and I'm not sure if you yourself are familiar you remember uh, blog talk radio yes yes actually I do okay so you had blog talk radio that was so popular back then everybody was doing well a lot of people were doing shows and stuff um on blog talk radio and that's kind of what platform I was using and uh one of the first interviews I did I messed around didn't record it it was with T-Boz TLC and that's kind of what made me uh get into doing the whole audio stuff because yeah. I was man I should have recorded this I had an interview you know T-Boz and I was nervous and everything it was my first time doing an interview and all that you know and uh, it was it was dope because I was like man I'm interviewing T-Boz from TLC mm-hmm. I didn't even get it recorded you know <laughs> so nobody's gonna believe <laughs> yeah nobody's gonna believe it man that's, that's one thing about interviewing people you can say you interviewed everybody in the world but if you don't have a back catalog or a picture or something like that especially not a picture oh my god yeah. People are not going to believe that I interviewed you because I can't take a picture with you. Right. <laughs> man, I'm like, so, hey, we'll be on my show. They're like, well, where is he? I'm like, oh, right. it's audio, man. It's, I'm on radio. You're not supposed to see my face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, that's the crazy part about like about about radio and all that is that it's a uh, 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 it lacks the visual format. Um, and that's why a lot of people do what's called vodcasting now. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like there's a continuous, there's an ever changing evolution of these formats and all that and, and, and you found a way to uh, uh, um, grow with everything that's been going on um, so not only do you do uh, uh, the SOM talk live but you also have uh, um, the, it's called digital pill yeah so the digital pill is its own platform um, it's actually centered around black owned businesses and minority owned businesses because um and I would just like to say, if anybody does have a black-owned business, we do listings for free, no charge to you. Get your business listed. Um, the Digital Peel podcast is really just like where we kind of focus on black business owners, you know, where we highlight them and uh, we help to drive traffic to their business and just kind of showcase, you know, what they actually do. And it's something so interesting, even with that aspect of uh, what I actually do, because 
I've come to learn just since I launched it uh, last year. I actually launched it like late last year, but well, during the pandemic, a lot of business owners, they did not have bios. They mm-hmm. didn't have any actual information about their business. And you know, a lot of people don't pay attention to the fact that a business is just like a regular brand similar to that of like a music artist or something and you still have to have a bio you still have to have information you still have to have all of these things in in order you can't just sell stuff and not have enough information you know because then people they can't do any research on you they don't know who you are they don't know about you they don't know what what specific products you specialize in so with the digital pill I've been kind of helping a lot of uh, black business owners get a lot of things in order with their business that has yeah it's been a significant uh, change for a lot of business owners that reached out to me personally that I've been able to help I've helped a lot with uh, press I've helped build some websites too Um, yeah so I mean literally the list goes on I don't want to really talk about all the things I've done for them because some of the stuff I did off the strength of because I just felt like hey you actually need this and I believe in what you're doing but yeah just you know shout out to everybody who has black owned business who's doing something who's an entrepreneur um, we need more of that exactly exactly that 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 is a crazy great thing especially uh, I'm assuming that you base yourself in Atlanta correct Yes. So, uh, um, in basing yourself in Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, and this is a thing that I always see in like in, in Philly forums and in Philly, uh, 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 like we have a thing called Philly Scoop Hall. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, but there's often that, that conversation about what Atlanta does for each other. Um, especially with people, with people like you, quality control, uh, Killer Mike and TI and everybody else is down there, um, within the hip hop world that, Truly, uh, 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 galvanizes with each other and, and, and forms packs and builds each other up. It's something that 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 is not as easily seen in Philadelphia. Um, it definitely happens, but it's not uh, um, as out there as at the Atlanta scene is and all that. And then, like on top of everything else that you do, you also have a whole beat list. Uh, um, that you sell uh, 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 on, on your website as well. So, in terms of like your 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 beats, what makes so much so many of these beats? Like a lot of these things seem like they are, are relatively low cost for artists. Um, how'd you get to 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 making and producing and selling beats? And what and what makes you want to make a beat cost more than another one? I mean, basically for the licensing, I was actually doing something at one time just getting some old stuff out and I was actually selling it for like uh, $5 per beat and everything just to kind of help them out because I mean they're only leasing them. Now if they want like some custom production or you know full production what is normally you know normal cost and everything is based upon budget so it's not it's not really like that set price because it depends on the artist and you know what they're actually trying to do Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can, can you you can do modifications and all that, and then with like like this goes back to you being a producer, um, but you can do modifications and um, like work with the artists in terms of how they might want their sound to be to to uh, be realized and all that, right? Yes. 
Okay, so how does that 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 process go? Like, how what, what kind of artists have you worked with before, and how are you able to um, assist in getting like their sound realized? Um, well, I've worked with several different genres of artists. Um, I've even been considered for a Grammy nomination. Didn't get to that Grammy nomination point yet, mm-hmm. but realistically, the main thing is is like it always depends on what the artist is actually trying to accomplish and what they're actually trying to do. So, you know, some artists, they're only looking for a certain type of record. They might want a club-style record or they might just want like a uh, a record that they think is going to be really big, really, you know, radio or something. So it just depends. Because when you work with, say, for instance, like a, a pop artist or something, you're not going to send a pop artist a record that's not specifically for them because they gotta have writers a lot of them you know mm-hmm. so then sending that to a writer like I sent some stuff to uh what's the guy's name um Khalid or or Khalid I want oh, Khalid I yeah I think I it's Khalid yeah so I sent some stuff to him uh, mm-hmm. his people were writing on it and everything not sure what they actually are going to do with the record but it was sent to them and a lot of times when you're a producer you know you can send stuff out to people but if they have writing teams or they do like writing sessions and stuff I mean your record getting chose or picked is kind of it's pretty much up to the writing department really? or who their writing team is yeah because if an artist doesn't necessarily write all of their stuff and I might be saying too much right now <laughs> oh, no 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 listen Meek Mill already laid it all out like years ago okay we already know that there are writers for artists and rappers and some of that out here you know there's not supposed to be so go ahead bro keep going yeah, but I'm I'm literally just saying like, you know, most of the people who have, you know, writers and writing teams and stuff, you know, pretty much when you send them production, it's not really according to the artist, it's more so according to their writing team. So when that is the actual case, a lot of times they the writing team might not be filling your record, but the artist might actually be filling your record. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's kind of like, hey, we we trying to write to something else, so they might skip over that. That's what the that's what the artist got to prove his own writing chops, right? <laughs> yeah, if, if they can, if they can, because mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. so, I mean, you know, go ahead. Well, I'm about to say so. This that's actually a a, a bigger a, a bigger question is is how many artists get put on based on their writing alone, and then like. How do they stay on if they develop a writing team after the fact? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. That's the reason why you have so many artists who come out with great songs, but they have that one great song, not multiple. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I hear what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, because if you have a writing team... Did you have the budget for the writing team for one album, or do you have the budget for the writing team for multiple albums? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got that too, because I mean the advance and and how all of that is structured and how all of that is done really in itself kind of dictates uh, 
how all of that stuff is kind of planned out and how it's structured. So a lot of times, especially when it comes to production and in reference to songwriting or artists specifically, and this is more so with pop music. I know, you know, rappers, obviously, you know, so there are some rappers who have uh, the writing teams and things like that. I mean, you know, even Kanye has like team of people. I'm not going to say all of them are writers, but uh, different people add bits and pieces. But when you look at that as a whole, if the artists themselves are an actual producer and an artist, it's different. But when they're getting beats from people, it's really according to are they feeling it? Does that put them in their mode? Um, and if they have a writing team, it's really about is it putting that writing team in a mode? Because if it's not, I mean, it's not going to make anything happen. And I'll share this story too. Like uh, back back in 2000 and I want to say 11 or 12, because okay. um, I was doing like, I was doing more so artistry and production back then myself than, than like on the business side of the music business like I am now. And uh, one of the things I personally remember, because I was in studio session with uh, Ty Dollar Sign and another songwriter and uh, I was not personally working on this record but they were and I was there with them so they were working on some stuff for uh, for a Sierra album that she was getting ready to I guess come back out with but the song that they worked on didn't get placed and I don't know if it didn't get placed because of her management at the time or what the situation was. Now, was the song good? In my personal opinion, it was great. But it didn't make the cut, and I don't know why, you know? So the thing is, is like, it it really depends. It really does depend, you know, because you can have a whole great body of work, great music, and and different things like that. That doesn't always mean that... uh, the specific artist or their team is going to recognize that or, or rock with that. So, mm-hmm. so like who? Since there are so many cogs in this kind of machine, um, who gets the ultimate say on what song gets released? In most cases, mm-hmm. the label does. Oh. Um, unless you are an artist who you're doing it strictly independent and you're able to do certain things, and at this point in the game. Uh, or just in the industry right now currently you know a lot of people may say hey we independent but they're not really independent because it still takes some type of uh, major distribution you know to put your music everywhere that it's actually supposed to be so they may say hey we independent but we distributed by Empire or hey we independent but we're distributed by The Orchard or hey we're independent we're distributed by um, in grooves or something. I mean, well, they're actually still owned by Universal or owned by Sony or owned by Warner. You know what I'm saying? So you're still kind of distributed by a major. You're just saying that you're independent. So exactly, you're you're still caught up in the machine. You just don't know how low on the rung you are. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. that's why at the end of the day, um. It's really up to the labels because even with submitting records out, unless you're just submitting stuff through TuneCore, 
Um, mm-hmm. Or CD Baby. I mean, that's the only way it's just going to get pushed through. Um, or Distro Kids is, you know, just pushes it through or United Masters. But I think even United Masters is, is backed by uh, some some other entity. So, yeah. Uh-huh. And then like so uh, um you you you've you've had songs that have ended up on Billboard, right? I have worked with records that have ended up on Billboard, yes. So so what what, what was that like realizing that your work has led to records um ending up on Billboard and and, and, and becoming so great? Or even just working with big amazing artists like you were you were in, in, in the studio with uh Ty Dolla Sign for instance, right? So how is that for you is that like a seriously validating moment that wants you to grind harder to get to those next spots I mean overall um, it's been a great experience over the years uh, just working with different people's records and stuff it's always been pretty dope for myself um, even with last year alone getting a couple records on the DRT charts and getting ready to get some plaques for myself this year because I help to work with these records and do the marketing and stuff. Um, it's just been, it's been really been a dope experience. It do make me want to go harder because there's certain things that I want for myself. But at the same time, too, I think I'm, I'm just kind of humble. So I'm not necessarily on the aspect of what you would say that the regular industry is on because they might be a little bit more focused on certain things than I am, you know, because there's a whole uh, perception that they may have. I don't, I don't have that perception, so I'm just looking at it from the aspect of uh, business, you know, and just making making strides and making accomplishments or what means accomplishment to myself. Exactly, exactly, and, and going back to uh, uh, SOM Talk Live, when you're talking about. Um, um, or, or, or people really want to always ask the question of, of how do you build up a brand like that? How do you build up a platform for artists like that? And then, and then for some artists that are in the Philadelphia area and stuff like that, how might they be able to get on a platform such as yours? Um, I mean, realistically, how they could get on it, just submit music to me, man. Just, you know, submit exactly. to me. Um, and, and, and if you love it, then of course you're going to extend that hand, right? Right, yeah. Because that, that's that's the main thing with, with people ask that same question about the Mike on the 6.5 and I'm always like, man, you always got, we, we got to enjoy your music first. I do not charge for uh, uh, interviews or anything like that because I want everything to be organic. If you, it's, it should be a privilege, a privilege to come on to the show because we recognize the work that you're doing out here and if it's paid for, then that just eliminates all the the what do you say? That that just eliminates all like the the integrity, I guess, of the platform or the show. Um, so, like having a platform such as big as yours, how are you able to build that up uh, um, to the point where you are right now, where you're being syndicated nationally? Basically, man, a lot of marketing, a lot of hard work, a lot of groundwork, a lot of consistent work, and a lot of times, you know. I say this like a lot of people, especially the ones who are just getting into this on the come up and stuff, they look at where someone like yourself or someone like me, where we're at with the show or uh, what we're actually doing. And they automatically think, oh, I can do that, too. Or I should I should 
do this or be able to do this, do that. So they have a lot of self entitlement. They don't understand the struggles that we've had to go through or the amount of money that we've had to spend for marketing on ourselves. We're not even, um, you know, backed by the, the big budget, the big corporations and things like that, you know, but it still takes money to make money. Um, a lot of self-investment and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, to anybody, you know, I would just say grind and work hard for what it is that you're trying to attain and accomplish. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. There there have been a lot of uh, 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 long nights, stressful nights, nights where I wasn't even sure about continuing the mic. Um, and I've been doing this show for, for it's really been three years, but I would say two years because COVID kind of shaved the year off. Um, in terms of in terms of our production and our and our and our ability and all that, but like other questions that I that I have for you are are, are um in terms of developing artists, right? Like 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 how do you um, um go about developing the artists that you work with or or or, or um, developing yourself as an artist yourself because remember you're also a DJ you're also a producer you have so many uh, 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 hats on how do you develop yourself to get better and to get into bigger better spaces and all that um, it's really about a lot of focus a lot of mindset and making things uh, happen and kind of setting goals and stuff because a lot of times you know you can think about something or perceive it and be like, okay, well, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. I want to make that happen. But uh, it takes work to be able to make certain things happen. You know, uh, you can call somebody, you can get in contact with somebody. It doesn't mean they're going to always say yes. I've been told no a lot of times for a lot of things too. And because of that, it has pushed me to want to go harder to want to be able to level myself up because a lot of things are also about value. If you don't have any type of value for your platform, for yourself, or for you as a brand um, or entity, how do you expect somebody to invest in or to work with you? So a lot of my brand development and even development for these artists is more so based upon how are we moving like a business? Okay. Because we all are businesses, you know. That's really all it boils down to. So all, all, all of artistry or, or people that 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 are artists in, in hip hop and EDM and any sort of genre, they uh, um, are also businessmen and women. Um, so, like, what are some 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 foundational business tips that you can give to those people to to help get them either in the mindset or to get them started in creating in making their business known out there in the public basically just write your goals down do do your research on your market what you're trying to accomplish what you're trying to attain and then uh, lastly make it happen you know Mm -hmm. but you know pray make sure you pray you got to pray have some faith make make it happen like that but those are the main three because if you don't research there's no way that you're going to be able to make something happen and if you don't write a plan out, how are you going to know where to move around to? So that's the main stuff right there. Oh, yeah, exactly. man. <laughs> uh, um, and then like going going uh, 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 back into 
like like your production um and your in in your you making up your beats and all that did you originally just have to send it out to everybody to to gain traction or upload it onto YouTube were you on the uh like the Kendrick Lamar type beat wave as well how how did you get up in terms of uh people hearing about knowing about and and utilizing your beats for the most part um just from working with a lot of artists in general and doing a lot of interviews and connections and stuff like that. That's pretty much the main way I did. I did actually do some uploads where it was like uh, schoolboy Q-type beats and different things like that too, but mainly just from direct connections with artists, you know, because I Mm -hmm. think that it's the best way for you to uh, work with somebody organically, you know. Exactly. At at, at what age did you get started in um, doing all this? And, and and was it something that you knew always knew that you wanted to do? Uh, realistically, man, I actually got started when I was with doing music when I was like seven or eight years old. Um, but was it something that I always wanted to do? No. I really was more so focused on cooking and being a chef. And uh, that you are a chef in your uh, bio as well, too. Yeah, that's actually what I went to college for, so... Music was not something that I was initially, you know, um, focused on. Definitely wasn't. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so in terms of you uh, being a chef, how far have you ever taken it? Have you ever just been a chef in a restaurant? Do you plan on ever opening up your own? Well, yeah, I have my own catering business. Really? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I definitely do a lot of different things. I'm about to but, say, man, like like the hats, the hats just keep on piling on as we as you go on this conversation, man. You just keep on adding another one on top of your head. Pretty soon, your your your, your, your hats is going to be <laughs> as tall as uh, my apartment complex right now. Man, you you got a lot going on. Where do you find time to sleep, brother? Like. <laughs> You know, it, it, I'll be trying to catch up on the sleep. To be honest with you, this sounds like you—you you don't have enough time in a day. I mean, like you barely have enough time to eat whatever you cook. Yeah, man. You know, but I have to make time for it. I have to plan it out. That's—that's I mean, that's where the, the proper planning prevents piss poor performance, man. That's where that comes in. It. Um, so. We're going to begin to wrap this up right right over here with Ruben Wood, man. Ruben, um, it has been a, a great pleasure having you drop these gems um, on the mic on the 6.5, and I'm grateful for having you on the show. Um, let everybody know where they can uh, reach out to you at, how they can get involved in all of your uh, uh, your beats, your businesses, everything like that uh, um, for the people of Philadelphia area. Definitely. Shout out to Philadelphia. Um Keep it, you know, basically tap in with me. Keep it locked to 106.5 and uh, tap in with me on IG at Real Ruben Wood, R E A L R U E B E N W O O D. Um, and all my information is, is in my bio. So just, you know, tap in with me. Absolutely, man. It, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, we're going to wrap things up right over here with the Mike on 6.5. This is your host, The Six. Jay Guapo is out there. Actually, he just told me he was gardening. So um, <laughs> that's why he couldn't uh, make it as a co-host of the Mike, man. But we will be back in uh, um, next week with more amazing interviews um, on the on your favorite radio station for all of the biggest hits, man. Peace out, y'all. Have a good one.
The Mic 106.5 wants to hear your music. Submit it now. Hit that link in our bio and hit our email up and send your music to our email, voicethemike at gmail.com. We just might play your song live on air and have your song reviewed by DJ JSO and The Sit. Submissions must be entered by 1 p.m. Tuesday and we will only select a few to be aired. So submit it now and tune in on Wednesday for the chance to hear your song and to hear what we think of it. If you have viable insight or experience in a specific niche like I do, then you've probably thought about starting your own podcast. But because I've been there, I know getting started can seem overwhelming. Buzzsprout is the premier podcast hosting site for all newcomers and veterans. With clean, easy-to-use interfaces and high-quality analytics, managing your podcast has never been easier. It was literally the easiest and best way to launch a professional podcast, and they helped us and over 100,000 podcasters already get started. Get listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and much more. We got a great-looking website audio players that we could drop into our main website, detailed analytics so we know how people are listening, tools to promote, and even more than that. Monetize, analyze, and multiply your listeners today with Buzzsprout. Sign up now using our link and get a free $20 Amazon gift card. Just for joining the Buzzsprout fam. And remember to tune right in to the mic. 106.5 WPPM-FM.